against mandatoryvaccines.net. There is also an IDH program links page on the anticorruptionsociety.com website where you can locate links to many of the topics we discuss on the show. I'd like to make new listeners aware that there is a free People's Empowerment Guide to our corporate commercial legal system on my website called Lawfully Yours. It is a collaboration of many men and women in the legal accountability movement. You can locate it by clicking on the Lawfully Yours tab. This guide contains valuable tools for challenging the non-existent authority of our corporate government, as does the Notice of Condition Precedent information also on my website. If you haven't yet processed your own notice, please check it out. Well, tonight I'd like to go back and revisit the war on terror and um, talk a little bit about who the real targets are and what is the real cost of the war on terror. We have talked about on this show on multiple occasions 
the need for an ongoing war so that they can renew the permanent state of national emergency. And the national emergency state is either war or some other national emergency. So now we have a permanent war on terror. All the president has to do since 1976, uh, and Congress changed the rules a little bit regarding um, emergency powers, all he has to do is re-register once a year with the federal registry, send a notice to Congress and a notice to the federal registry that he is renewing the war powers associated with the emergency or the war on terror. And Trump did that. Obama did that. Bush did that multiple times. In fact, that's done. That has been done every year since they changed the rules in 1976. And before the change in rules, it was done every year since 1933. So we have been in a permanent state of national emergency since 1933. Um, and only now they've got one. They don't have to call a new emergency every time they want. They've got one that's ongoing that all they have to do is renew. All they have to do is uh, somehow state that there's still evidence that the war on terror is ongoing, so the president needs executive powers to deal with it. And that's where we're at today. Um, we had a, a long series of clips from the interview that Christopher Bolin did with Adam Green on No More News, and that's K-N-O-W, No More News. And the name of the YouTube was Christopher Bolin, The Man Who Solved 9-11. We played that a while back, and he made a big point of the fact that the war on terror is bogus, and it's very important that the American people understand, because as long as this war on terror is ongoing, and it will be ongoing as long as the 9-11 lies are not exposed. As long as the perpetrators of the 9-11 attack is not exposed, it will be ongoing. I'm sorry, uh, Christopher, I think it's, I don't know, it's pretty embedded in every state and agency and police department throughout the country. I, I think it's going to be very difficult to turn around. But this week I listened to uh, a little more discussion of the the war on terror um, that was put out by James Corbett. I don't know if the listeners are familiar with the Corbett Report. It's really wonderful. James Corbett does a great job. He's been around for quite a while. He is an American living in Japan, and he does uh, on his website, the Corbett Report, he posts a lot of great information, and he does wonderful podcasts. He's been doing them for quite a while. He's done one on 9-11 that was hysterical. I mean, it it truly is, and I'll have to try to find it if you haven't seen it. It's truly, it truly makes everybody feel foolish when he puts together in this little nine-minute video uh, the fact. Official story is absolutely ridiculous when you look at it critically. But he's done a, a, quite a few things on the war on terror or terrorism. And I'd like to share them. They, they were around maybe the first one several years ago, as well as the second one. But 
So let's listen. Pardon? Okay, am I back? Okay, sorry. Um, so let's listen to what he had to say on the last word on terrorism. This video is brought to you by The Corbett Report, 2009 Video Archive. Buy your copy today at CorbettReport.com. Welcome. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com with the last word on terrorism. In an interview with Bloomberg earlier this month regarding the unfolding political unrest in Egypt, Henry Kissinger made at least one very telling statement. The real problem will be what is the ultimate orientation of Egypt, because it is in many respects the key to the region. Breaking it out of the radical camp mm -hmm. was what brought about peace with Israel and brought about support for the anti-terrorist campaign. If they go back to the nationalist orientation of NASA, right. uh, then things are going to get very tough. That Kissinger would equate Nasserism with terrorism is particularly galling to those who are even passingly familiar with the history of the region. As is typical with such pronouncements by the mouthpieces of the global elite, the easily demonstrable truth is precisely the opposite of what Kissinger asserts. He just thinks his audience is too historically ignorant to call him on his lie. In 1952, British troops in the Suez Canal area became embroiled in a fight with local police, resulting in the slaughter of 50 Egyptian policemen and the wounding of 100 more. The furious Egyptian public, long suffering under the reign of King Farouk, a pro-British regent who lived in opulence while his people struggled, organized into riots, and a cadre of Egyptian army officers calling themselves the Free Officers Movement overthrew the king and instituted a republic. They were led by Gamal Abdel Nasser Hussein, who became the second president of Egypt in 1956. From the beginning, Nasser was hated and feared by the international oligarchs, who had become used to having a puppet regime in power over the key Suez Canal shipping route. Nasser was nothing like King Farouk. Young, charismatic, and polished, Nasser set about creating a modern secular Egyptian state that was to become the template for a new movement, pan-Arab nationalism, that threatened the status quo of Western imperial dominance over the region. Foregoing the royal lifestyle of Egyptian leaders past, Nasser redirected the state's resources into building up housing, education, and health services for the Egyptian people. An adherent to neutralism in the non-aligned movement, Nasser assured the eternal enmity of the imperial powers and the eternal love of the Arab people by nationalizing the Suez Canal in 1956. For the first time, the Egyptian people would have control over their most strategic national asset. Naturally, the prospect of a defiant, viable, secular Arab nationalist state as a model for other Arab nations to follow was anathema to British-U.S.-Israeli interests, and plans to de derail Nasser were hatched before he even became president. Among these plans was the now-infamous Levon Affair, an Israeli military intelligence plot to plant bombs throughout Egypt in order to blame on nationalists, communists, Muslims, or unspecified malcontents in order to justify continued British occupation of the Suez Canal zone. The Israeli military intelligence cell, codenamed Unit 131 and led by Colonel Avram Dar, firebombed a post office in Alexandria and planted bombs in two U.S. information agency libraries and a British-owned theater in Cairo. When the outrageous operation was foiled and one of the bombers was apprehended in the act, the truth was exposed. 
Israeli intelligence was using false flag terrorism to manipulate public opinion and achieve their desired result, the political destabilization that would induce Britain to maintain their military control over the area. The easily documented truth, then, is precisely the opposite of Kissinger's fact-free assertion. Nasser was not the cause of terrorism in Egypt, but the target of it. But why would someone like Kissinger, someone whose very reputation depends upon his historical knowledge and political acumen, tell such a transparent lie? The answer is simple. When Kissinger uses the word terrorism, he is not using it as a descriptive term about acts of political violence and bloodshed. He is using the word itself as a political weapon. You see, to Kissinger and the other adherents of the globalist ideology, terrorism is simply a word for any act that threatens the agenda of the globalists. In this twisted worldview, those who believe that national autonomy is more important than the needs of international finance capital are terrorists. Those who are opposed to the free trade agreements that have offshored the manufacturing base of the first world and consigned the developing world to squalor are terrorists. Those who uphold the principle that the people are the arbiters of their own lives and that these lives should not be subject to the whims of multinational corporations are terrorists. That Nasser was so vehemently and treacherously opposed by the globalists with a vested interest in stopping a stable, secure Arab state is not surprising, nor is it by any means the only example of this phenomenon. On the contrary, the 20th century is littered with such examples. In 1951, Mohammed Mossadegh, the democratically elected leader of Iran, nationalized British petroleum interests in the country. Two years later, a CIA team led by Kermit Roosevelt, the president's grandson, provocateured, funded, and fomented a coup d'etat against Mossadegh, a coup that installed the autocratic Shah as leader and paved the way for Savak security forces to begin a reign of terror and torture. To the globalists, however, the Shah was the good guy and Mossadegh had been the terrorist. In 1952, Yokobo Arbenz, the democratically elected leader of Guatemala, began a series of land reforms that expropriated holdings of the United Fruit Company. In 1953, the CIA began training rebels, recruiting pilots, and setting up communications to agitate a coup. The following year, Arbenz was overthrown, beginning decades of military dictatorship and civil strife. In the eyes of the globalists, though, Arbenz was the terrorist. In 1970, Salvador Allende won the Chilean elections against the U.S.-backed and financed Jorge Alessandri. When he began nationalizing U.S. copper firms and large industries, the U.S. backed a coup that ended in Allende's death and the beginning of the brutal reign of General Augusto Pinochet. But in the twisted worldview of the globalists, it was not Pinochet who was the terrorist, but Allende. Numerous other examples exist, but the pattern is obvious and speaks for itself. Terrorism is a word for anything or anyone opposed to the interests of international capital. The so-called war on terror has never been about stopping a bunch of Islamic fundamentalists. If the U.S. had wanted that, they would have supported Nasser, not undermined him. They would have encouraged Mossadegh, not overthrown him. If the U.S. had been scared of the scourge of radical Islam, they would not have funded it in Afghanistan in the 1980s. They would not have protected and fostered and funded Mohammed Junaid Babar and Harun Rashid Aswat and Luai al-Saka and Khalid al-Maidhar, and Nawaf al-Hazmi, and Anwar al-Alaki, and all of the other patsies, stooges, informants, and operatives that have been paraded in front of the cameras just long enough to identify them as the faces of evil, but never long enough for anyone to actually investigate their backgrounds. Because in each and every case, the big, fabulous terror plots always tie back to the U.S.-British-Israeli intelligence complex and its tentacles around the world. 
No, terrorism is only tangentially related to these radical Muslims, and only insofar as they are funded, trained, and enabled by their terrorist overlords in the corridors of Langley, Virginia. Proof of this simple truth has been amply provided time and again since the inception of this mythical war on terror. In the wake of mass popular protest against the globalist agenda in Seattle in 99, in Washington and Montreal in 2000, and in Genoa in 2001, the global power elite were desperate for a way to diffuse and derail their opposition. In the wake of 9-11, they had their chance. Italian plutocrat and globalist stooge Silvio Berlusconi wasted no time in attempting to use the event to blame the anti-globalization movement. There is a singular coincidence between this action and the anti-globalization movement that has manifested itself for a year now, he said at the time. Other arms and organs of the elite power structure have been no less strident, if somewhat more subtle, in using the terror paradigm to stigmatize any and all opposition to their agenda. In 2005, the Rand Corporation released a report on homegrown terror threats in which they identified the terror threat not as one of radicalized Muslims driven by religious fervor, but protesters and activists driven by opposition to the ideals of the globalists. Developing imperatives stemming from anti-globalization do appear to be providing a radical domestic context for galvanizing the militancy of both the far right as well as those driven by more specific extremist environmental agendas. Since then, the entire process of demonizing political opponents through the use of the word weapon terrorist has descended into the most absurd form of political farce, with a flurry of reports from the Missouri Information Analysis Center to the state government of Virginia to the Texas Department of Public Safety claiming increasingly ridiculous indicators of terrorism from buying baby formula to wearing blue jeans to carrying a driver's license. All of this terror hysteria that the public has been force-fed over the past decade would be utterly incomprehensible if we were to understand terrorist to mean what you and I and John Q. Public believe it means. But it does not. You see, in our modern world, terrorism is not terrorism. It does not describe a tactic. It is not about violence and bloodshed, suicide bombers, or Allah Akbar. It is not a word. It is a weapon. A weapon aimed at those who disagree with the aims of Heinz Kissinger and all of his Bilderberg CFR trilateralist, trilateralist ilk. Those who wish for the supremacy of a small, rich elite of financiers and multinational monopoly capital thugs. Terrorism is not a word, not a concept. It is a weapon that is aimed at you and me. And that, in the final equation, is our opportunity. We can point out that terrorism is a word, and it does describe the actions of the bloodthirsty elite who kill and maim the innocent, who start wars, or overthrow governments, or incite violence to achieve their aims. And in that simple action, the reclaiming of the word terrorism to, to identify the globalist kingpins who have been puppeteering international politics for generation after generation, we can disarm Kissinger and all the other pimps of the war on terror hysteria. I thought he summed that up fairly well. And um, it was interesting that he talked about whenever these leaders are elected to, to different countries and they attempt, like, like Gaddafi did and like they did in Guatemala, they attempt to use their country's assets to benefit their own population, um, the globalists go after them and they will do anything to destroy them. I remember when I was in my peak oil period, and I actually believe we were running out of oil, uh, and I'll tell you when we come back. Stay tuned.
The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon. By Christine, great for heart palpitations. By Anne, before I started using this product, every afternoon, my ankles and my hands would be swollen. That doesn't happen anymore. So if that part of their advertising is true, I have to assume that the rest of it is also. Not to mention that when I had my yearly blood test, only a few weeks after beginning to use this product, my cholesterol had dropped over 30 points. I'm going to continue to take it. By Croc, I love this product. It really works. By Brad, works great. Thank you. Tell us your story. Get your Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. When we went to break, I was mentioning that during the the period in my life when I really believed in the peak oil theory, I was working with a professor who had been teaching for many years. He was ready to retire. He felt he had a complete understanding. He thought he was a genius, and on many levels he was or is. 
I don't think he's died. He's still around, but he's not here. Um, and he would tell me that because we're running out of oil, all these countries are going to nationalize their own oil. They're not going to allow these corporations to control and own their oil. And he would tell me that like this was an absolute fact. He knew that this is what's going to happen. All these countries are going to nationalize their own oil, and it's going to be a fight from country to country for oil resources. Um, and I believed him. I, I didn't have any reason not to at the time. But I realized that the ones, the, the leaders who want to nationalize their country's resources and assets are the ones that they eliminate. They, and even in our country, very few of the assets are owned by the public. Okay, even the national parks have been taken over by the United Nations. So, look at Venezuela. Um, Chavez was nationalized the oil, and he's gone, and they're not going to allow that to stay that way. They're going to go in there and take control of that oil. The globalists want to control Obviously, the Suez Canal, they want to control the oil resources, the land resources. They want to control all resources on planet Earth. And that is their goal. Resources are where the wealth is at, and they want it all under their control. So the professor was wrong, as most professors are, I'm beginning to realize about most things. So let's listen to, um, oh, and I... I appreciate the fact that James Corbett brought up the Levon affair because um, Christopher Bolin did the same thing when he was talking about who was responsible for 9-11. He went back through the history of terrorism of the Israelis, and uh, he brought up the Levon affair as one of their first acts of terrorism, which indeed the Mossad did the Levon affair as well as the King David Hotel and on and on. So let's go to the next clip um, of Corbett Report. Jim Corbett is talking this time about the real cost, the real cost of the war on terror. Um, let's go ahead and play that. You're listening to the Corbett Report. We all know by now that the real terrorists the politicians in the suits and ties and the banksters that pull their strings, are waging their war of terror on multiple fronts for multiple reasons. Domestically, it rallies the population around the flag, keeping the flock in check. At the same time, it justifies the buildup of the police state control grid to catch the thought criminals who resist. It also writes a blank check for the illegal wars of aggression abroad. Simply place your terrorist boogeyman in the square of the chessboard you're looking to occupy and, hey presto, you've got yourself an excuse to invade, even if you accidentally end up supporting them. Right, Uncle Sam? But of course the politicians, their string pullers, and their fellow travelers benefit from the war of terror in a more straightforward sense. They get to use the terror scares that they themselves create to drum up billions upon billions in the name of fighting the boogeyman. We've all heard of the $640 toilet seat and other ridiculous examples of Pentagon overspending, but these stories tend to trivialize the abuses by the military defense contractors whose entire industry is built on providing overpriced solutions to made-up problems. 
After all, the Pentagon itself just admitted it could cut $2 billion from its budget by shutting down some of the needless bases and defense facilities that have been built around the globe in the name of the American Empire. But $2 billion is chump change. In the 15 years since 9-11, $1 trillion has been spent building up the police state in the American homeland itself. Meanwhile, the Defense Department has been spending over $600 billion per year maintaining the American military in the post-9-11 era. Four to six trillion dollars of that was spent on the Iraq and Afghanistan wars alone, the most expensive wars in U.S. history. Combined defense spending, including Homeland Security, DOD, State Department, defense-related debt interest, and other defense costs, have reached the highest levels in modern history over the past decade. From a Cold War-era high in the 1980s of $3,500 for every man, woman, and child in the United States, to a 1990s low of $2,500, the figure has since breached $4,000. Just look at the chart. It isn't hard to see exactly when the trend reversed and the good times began to flow for the military-industrial contractors. It was 9-11, the birthday of the War of Terror and the new era of Homeland Security. Okay, we'll continue when we get back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extendovite. Do you know there is an ongoing war right here in America? Are you aware that U.S. citizens have been classified as enemies of the state since 1933? Have you recognized that our entire government is really a vast network of interlocking corporations engaged in commerce? Look up Title 28, Section 3002. Tune in to In Defense of Humanity on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. Find out what's really going on. And learn how to protect yourself and your family as flesh and blood men and women living in a corporate reality. 
homeowners? Are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. when the trend reversed and the good times began to flow for the military-industrial contractors. It was 9-11, the birthday of the War of Terror and the new era of homeland security. There are other numbers we could throw in here. The billions upon billions in military aid sent to the co-perpetrators of the War of Terror, including the $38 billion that has been promised Israel over the next 10 years. The $1.5 trillion joke known as the F-35 fighter jet. The $6.5 trillion of year-end adjustments in the ongoing, never-ending saga of the Pentagon's missing trillions. But we have to be careful not to fall into the psychopath's trap. The real costs of the War of Terror cannot be measured in dollars and cents. They are not tallied in the ledger. They are not about money at all. The real cost is paid in blood. The blood of a million dead Iraqis the blood of the hundreds of thousands of murdered men, women, and children in Afghanistan and Pakistan, the blood that is being shed right now in Syria, in Libya, in Yemen, and in all of the countries that have crossed through the crosshairs of the NATO, American, and Israeli terrorists. It's measured in the devastation of towns and cities that once bustled with life, in the families torn apart by drone bombings, in the havoc of the hundreds of thousands forced to flee their homes leave their families and their homeland and their former life behind as everything they knew is torn to shreds. It's measured in the blood of the servicemen and women themselves, lied to, propagandized, and indoctrinated their entire lives, given a ticket out of grinding poverty by the military, shot up with experimental vaccines, and shoved into the meat grinder for tour of duty after tour of duty. And then, upon returning home, left to rot in run-down hospitals and ignored by the glad-handing politicians and their military-industrial cronies as a suicide epidemic gradually thins their ranks. This is the true cost of the War of Terror, and it is incalculable. And none of it, absolutely none of it, will come to an end until the public stops believing the false narrative of the War of Terror and the lies that have brought it about. Much like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, the real terrorists can only survive if you believe in them.
I think that was just chilling, absolutely chilling. I wish more people would comprehend the the human cost of the war on terror. Uh, it just seems like too few Americans, either they don't wish to think about it or um, they don't believe it's true. I, I'm still not convinced. There's still a lot of religious leaders that are telling their their flock, their congregation, that this war that is ongoing and has been ongoing officially since 9-11 is a just war. And we have challenged more ministers at, at different events that we have attended. Not one of them will oppose the war. It is heartbreaking to think that Christian clergy who have studied the words of Jesus uh, just simply cover up this atrocity that is ongoing and they're part of the cover-up. They are absolutely complicit in the cover-up, not telling their congregation the truth about the war on terror, this ongoing war against humanity. Now we've got all these refugees coming into the United States. There aren't any jobs for them here. Um, they don't. Many don't speak the language. There is no place for them to live other than whatever settlements the church has set up for them. They're not going to achieve some kind of a life goal where they are all of a sudden out of poverty and, you know, into situations where they can take wonderful vacations and they've got all the, the blessings of hardworking people who worked their whole life to attain their, their little humble home and a car and uh, their appliances. These people... They're expecting a nirvana that just isn't here, that's been gone, and it's been diminishing for the middle class for 30, 40 years. I can't imagine where they're going to direct their anger when they figure this out. When they figure out that they've been sold a bill of goods, here they are in a strange land, and life is not going to be better. At some point, it it seems apparent that uh, these refugees will maybe suffer more than if they stayed home because I don't know how much longer we can afford to take care of them as the the pot gets smaller and smaller. More and more Americans are out of work. Automation is replacing more and more jobs. Where is the money going to come to give food and shelter for all of the American people in addition to all the refugees? My concern is that the rulers know that this is going to be a clash of of cultures, and they're absolutely okay with it. And they're going to sit back while it goes on and, and, uh, you know, be happy that the population is getting reduced and the population is actually reducing itself. That's my concern. But I really appreciate what he did. He put dollar figures on some of what's been ongoing. The police state... Remember that the Real ID Act, if you go look it up and and look at the justification for the Real ID Act, 9-11 was the justification, okay? That is the reason that the, the federal corporation sold the politicians or bribed them most likely and um, sold, actually coerced the states into adopting it We've talked about that on this show. The states who haven't adopted are going to have a problem 
with the, the people who have their driver's license getting on airplanes because at some point the air air traffic is controlled by the federal corporation and all they have to do is tell the TSA if they don't have a real ID, we're not going to let them board the plane. And the states are aware that that's around the corner. So what what does the state do? The state passes the Real ID Act just so they can keep it keep keep their their population uh, able to fly in the air on the airplanes. So this is pretty horrific what they've done in Ohio. We actually since 9/11, the Ohio the governor the government has established a Department of Homeland Security in Ohio. We don't have any problems in Ohio. We didn't have any problems in Ohio. We didn't have any terrorist attack. We had some false threats. In fact, most of the terrorist attacks that are reported in the media are false flags. Since 9-11, there's been multiple false flags. Sandy Hook, the Boston Marathon, the list goes on and on and on. So this war on terror... They're doing a very good job keeping it going to keep the public in fear, convinced that somebody with a gun is going to come around the corner and shoot him. And I'm sorry to say that I have a granddaughter who's very much afraid of such a scenario and hates to go out in public and worries about it when she's at school. She has been born into this nightmare and watched TV and heard the rhetoric, and she lives in fear of a out-of-control gunman in the crowd somewhere whereby she will get shot. I, and we're working on trying to help her get over that. But this is the cost. That's another human cost of the war on terror, is the young people who grew up in this scenario believe all these media stories and live in fear. I'm sure there's adults who who feel the same way. They are afraid all the time that somebody with a gun around the corner is going to shoot them. Now, they also redefined terrorist. They change that who's a terrorist all the time. Basically, he's absolutely right. Anybody oppose the current corporate government, anybody opposes globalization, If you oppose the Real ID Act, you oppose mandatory vaccines, you oppose GMO food, all of this system that's been put in place, those who oppose it are somehow labeled terrorists. And that's what they've been doing. What is a terrorist? A terrorist is someone, in their words, that opposes the globalist agenda. I'm going to read, it was a warning, it was sent out um, to different police forces across the country in April 13, 2010. The FBI defined domestic terrorists and wanted all the police to know what to look for. Okay, that's one thing they do. As dishonest and corrupt as they are, Unfortunately, most of our law enforcement considers them um, reliable and pays attention when the FBI sends out an alert. They, they heed that. They read it. They listen to it. They teach it to the officers, and it gets incorporated into their daily activities. 
So in April 2010, they sent out a, a warning headline, Domestic Terrorism, the Sovereign Citizen Movement. I'm going to read you what this warning says that went out again across the country. Domestic terrorism, Americans attacking Americans because of U.S.-based extremist ideologies, comes in many forms in our post-9-11 world. To help educate the public, we previously outlined two separate domestic terror threats, eco-terrorist animal rights extremists and lone offenders. Today we look at the third threat, the quote, sovereign citizen, unquote, extremist movement. Sovereign citizens are anti-government extremists who believe that even though they physically reside in this country, they are separate or sovereign from the United States. As a result, they believe they don't have to answer to any government authority, including courts, taxing entities, motor vehicle departments, or law enforcement. This causes all kinds of problems and crimes. For example, many sovereign citizens don't pay their taxes. They hold illegal courts that issue warrants for judges and police officers. They clog up the court system with frivolous lawsuits and liens against public officials to harass them. And they use fake money orders, personal checks, and the like at government agencies, banks, and businesses. That's just the beginning. Not every action taken in the name of the sovereign citizen ideology is a crime. But the list of illegal actions committed by these groups, cells, and individuals is extensive and puts them squarely on our radar. In addition to the above, sovereign citizens commit murder and physical assault, threaten judges, law enforcement professionals, and government personnel, impersonate police officers and diplomats, use fake currency, passports, license plates, and driver's license, and engineer various white-collar scams, including mortgage fraud and so-called redemption schemes. Sovereign citizens are often confused with extremists from the militia movement, But while sovereign citizens sometimes use or buy illegal weapons, guns are secondary to their anti-government, anti-tax beliefs. On the other hand, guns and paramilitary training are paramount to militia groups. During the past year, we've had a number of investigated successes involving sovereign citizens. A few recent cases. In Sacramento... Two sovereign citizens were convicted of running a fraudulent insurance scheme, operating outside state insurance regulatory guidelines. The men set up their own company and sold lifetime memberships to customers, promising to pay any accident claims against their members. The company collected millions of dollars, but paid out very few claims. In Kansas City, three sovereign citizens were convicted of taking part in a conspiracy using phony diplomatic credentials. They charged customers between 450 and 2000 
for a diplomatic identification card, which would bestow upon the holder sovereign status, meaning they would enjoy diplomatic immunity from paying taxes and from being stopped or arrested by law enforcement. In Las Vegas, four men affiliated with the Sovereign Citizen Movement were arrested by the Nevada Joint Terrorism Task Force on federal money laundering, tax evasion, and weapons charges. The investigation involved an undercover operation, with two of the suspects allegedly laundering more than a million dollars from what they believed was a bank fraud scheme. Now, that's hard to believe that the FBI is that dumb to, to, to believe, you know, maybe, maybe the FBI personnel don't believe it. It's just whoever puts out these, these news flashes or these, you know, educational um, pieces of information for law enforcement. Because we're talking about bank fraud. Does anybody remember the subprime meltdown? <laughs> and how the banks had to be bailed out. It was polluted with bank fraud. I remember William Black went on Frontline, and William Black had investigated um, the savings and loan debacle, and he helped create a case against some of the perpetrators who did go to jail. When the mortgage, the subprime mortgage meltdown occurred, William Black stepped up and said, I'd be happy to investigate what happened. They would not hear it. The, de- the Justice Department blocked any efforts for any investigation. So all the criminals involved went scot-free. In fact, most of the American people remember how the banks themselves were bailed out by taxpayer money. And yet, these little sovereign citizens are the target. This is uh, true across the board. I think you got the point from James Corbett. The the uh, the ones who are accusing the the little guy are the ones who are committing the crimes, and that's been true forever, and it is very much true today. So if you're opposing this system, they want to call you a terrorist. Does that remind you of something else? It does me. If you're opposing what the Jews are doing, or activities they're engaged in, even if you don't say the word Jew, you're an anti-Semite. Stay tuned. We'll be back and we'll be taking calls. First Amendment in the Bill of Rights limits the government's power by ensuring the freedom of speech and preserving the rights of the people. Every day that passes, our rights gradually slip away. It's time to take a stand and let the government know we're tired of losing our rights. LibertyStickers.com will allow you to express your rights and allow millions of people to see you stand up for what you believe in. LibertyStickers.com carries the largest selection of bumper stickers online, ranging from political to humorous, and is your number one source for Ron Paul for President stickers. As always, you can find your favorite stickers that protest the war and the president. Don't see what you're looking for? Liberty Stickers will custom make stickers that will let you get your message across for all Americans to see. Go to LibertyStickers.com and see pre-made stickers that will get everyone talking. That's LibertyStickers.com or call 877-873-9626. 
Liberty Stickers, the world's most dangerous stickers. It happens more often than we can imagine. In my case, I was sitting at home, and out of nowhere, I just started feeling uncomfortable. Then it got worse, and I started perspiring. I tried to ignore it, but I waited too long. The chest pain came as we were driving to the hospital emergency. I felt my life clock begin to tick. I barely survived. There was lots of damage done to my heart. What do I do now? I was lucky. I took a leap of faith and tried a seven-herb formula with hawthorn, garlic, cayenne, and more called Extendivite. Herbs have been used for thousands of years to keep us healthy. If you're not using Extendivite as a preventative supplement, maybe it's time to start. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. Aroutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. Airoutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to Airoutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at Airoutfitting.com. To in defense of humanity, the call-in number is 800-313-9443. 800-313-9443. I'd love to hear people share what evidence they have in their community that this war on terror is ongoing and that the public is the target. It's everywhere in my community. I live in central Ohio. I live in a suburb of Columbus, and uh, it's a safe suburb. We've been here for 30 years. Rarely does anything happen, maybe a car wreck on occasion. And yet, the city has purchased cameras on nearly every corner. When they talk about the cost, you know, I'd like to know how much the city got paid for these cameras, or did they uh, install the cameras based on a federal grant? I don't know that. I have not seen evidence that our police department has SWAT, but I believe that in central Ohio there are police or sheriffs that do. Um, When we signed our, our grandchildren up for a swimming pool for the summer, 
they had to have a, a picture ID, a photo ID, first time. That never happened before. Uh, the library, you have to have an ID with a, with a chip in it. The driver's license now has chips in it. The credit cards have chips in them. God forbid you should use a credit card that your mom loaned you. I have no idea how that's going to play out. We used to loan credit cards to our children when they were going on vacation or they needed gas for school. It was just a loan, and there was never any problem with them using it. I, I'm not sure that's true anymore because they are trying to, and when you go to the doctor, you have to show a driver's license as well as an insurance card. And again, we're talking about a real ID driver's license. Many times, they take a picture of your driver's license to put in their file. In fact, when my husband was a patient in the hospital, they took a picture of him in his hospital bed and they put it on in their system because they said, well, you can go to my chart and they gave you a code and you can go to mychart.com and get information about your hospital stay. Most of it was worthless. But on that site, when we when we logged in for him and looked at it, there was a photograph of him laying in the bed asleep. I mean, what the bleep is that? What they think this sleeping man, somebody, some other sleeping man is going to slip in and the nurses won't notice that the patients have changed? This is insane. They have sold the police. They have sold the hospitals. They've sold clinics. They've sold schools. They've sold libraries. On this whole idea of the war on terror, there are terrorists under every rock. Therefore, they have to have all of this surveillance to to watch us in everything they do. We do to ensure that there are no terrorists in the library. There are no terrorists at the swimming pool. This is insane. They have created paranoia, and they made a fortune in the process. All of this equipment is expensive, and the companies who make the microchips are just thrilled to death. Now they're microchipping all the dogs, whether you go to the Humane Society or um, the county animal shelter. It doesn't matter. You do not get an option to adopt a dog that hasn't been microchipped. So when you get home, you're supposed to register this with the company. Okay? So if they pick up your dog... They can use their little scanner, determine whether or not it's your dog, and determine whether or not you paid the license fees. And if not, stand back. You're going to be fined. All of this, folks, all of this has to do with the war on terror and the multi-million dollars that that war has created for people to sell technology. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this break. Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you some from Amazon.com. It really does work like the review says it does. I cannot believe that after the first few days, I didn't feel as sluggish or clogged up. It has had a profound impact on my physical, emotional well-being. I'm skeptical as most people about products and their claims, and I never write reviews. But this is a wonderful product, and I recommend it to everyone. Great product. It has brought my blood pressure from the mid one. 
This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.